Welcome to the Authentically American Podcast, featuring inspiring stories from great Americans who are making a difference. Your host is West Point grad, former Army Ranger, and founder of Authentically American, Dean Wagner. Welcome to the Authentically American Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Wagner. Today I'm joined by my good friend and great American, Butch Spearden. Butch has served as the President and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, NCVC, since 1991. In his nearly 30 years of leadership, Butch has helped elevate Nashville to one of the most attractive tourist destinations in the world. Butch is a visionary leader and a master of branding and sales. He'll be inspired by his story of success and decades of dedication to the growing the city of Nashville. Well, Butch, welcome to the Authentically American Podcast. I'm honored to have you here on our podcast and look forward to digging a little bit more and hearing your story and sharing with our audience. Well, I'm honored to be included and I just admire what you and your company do. So thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think of you know some of the stories I've heard around the country of people in similar roles, and I'm just amazed when I think of the tenure you've had was it all the way back in 1991 91 this was a maybe a five-year stop 28 years later but been a Mm -hmm. remarkable run opportunity experience and I'm thankful for all of it yeah so going back even before that did you always think you were going in the tourism business or was that something that came out of how no I would say as a career it didn't really exist out there in uh, secondary education world. And uh, I was trying to get into economic development and being a poor college grad, unemployed college grad, somebody handed my resume off and it was called the Tourism and Convention Department at the Mobile Chamber. They didn't have any money and they were trying to hire a salesperson. So I was cheap, I fit the bill. And it was, I didn't know it was in my blood. I love it. Fantastic. And it's amazing just thinking that 28 years later. And no, just, that would be 40 years later. Oh, wow. So you're going so back I even did. further then. Yeah, it was six years in Mobile, six in Baton Rouge. Okay. And then this was the logical next career step. For, well, tell me a little bit more about that because most of our discussions yeah. have been from your tenure here. So, you know, share a little bit more on those two steps. Um, one of a really a two and a half person staff in Mobile and got my sea legs so to speak there uh, always considered my best sales job was convincing my boss to take the job in Knoxville mm-hmm. so I got promoted and got to run that learn how to what it took to run right. an agency like this and that led to Baton Rouge and I outkicked my coverage in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. I always said it was probably the best job mm-hmm. I'd ever have, um, but I also knew I had hit my head on the ceiling and needed to move on to grow. So Nashville looked like a great step. Only after this, I didn't have to leave to grow. We grew together, and what a great run. And it's been incredible because I've been here since 2010, so coming up on 10 years, and it seems like every year... Oh, you got here for the good stuff. (laughs) The ride, just the 10 years. So take us back to 1991, because it's been different now in the last 10 years, let alone going back 28 years. What was it like all the way back in Um, 1991? Downtown was mostly boarded up. Mm -hmm. 
the hospitality industry in this town was controlled by Opryland. So the Opry, Opryland Hotel, TNN, CMT, it was all, uh, it was controlled out in Pennington Bend. Uh, and I really learned that we didn't bring much value to the table. So I couldn't fault anybody. I, I'd say I learned that we had no right to speak up, criticize, or suggest until we brought value to the table. So we worked on that first. I think we did okay with that. Uh, maybe the two biggest highlights I feel like we played a role in were chasing the Houston Oilers to become the Tennessee Titans and to a lesser degree involved with the Nashville Predators. And shortly after that, Opryland closed the theme park, mm -hmm. sold two TV networks, decided to start building competitive hotels around the country. So it was probably the time I would have looked at leaving, but it was like they loosened their stranglehold on Nashville as a destination and opportunity presented itself. And if I'm not known for anything else, I will drive a truck through a hole of opportunity. And that's kind of what we did. Now I'm pig-headed, some would say, but I'm We've persistent. We've known each other for a few years, and that's one thing I've always admired, because you'll drive right through that um, wall and smile right going through it. Uh, and I hope it's for the right reasons. It's never been self-promotion or personal game. There's an old Jimmy Buffett song, and I grew up in Jimmy Buffett country. Uh, actually written by uh, Mac McNally, who lives here. It's my job, and the song says, my job to be better than the rest. Whether you're a street sweeper, a banker, a lawyer, um, doesn't matter. Somebody's paying you to, so I've always- Be the best. Yes, you know, and I always say, I'm, we'll never claim to be the best, but we will always shoot to beat the best. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how we stay hungry. So going back, related to that, Butch, all the way back in 1991, as you assessed the landscape here in Nashville and things boarded up, did you have a vision at that point or was it more survival? What were you thinking when you first started? Um, first couple years was probably survival. Uh -huh. um, but so I'm a Vandy grad, which is probably the reason I got the job, that being on my resume. Mm -hmm. But when I left Nashville, after school, I kind of made the comment to myself and a few friends that Nashville would be the only inland city I would ever live in. And it just had something that I, I would have been in 78 or 79. I was like, this town's got something special. So when I came back, as soon as I weathered the storm of this guy represents change, um, yeah, I. It wasn't a vision I could talk about because people would have had me committed. But uh, yeah, I had a vision that Nashville's music industry could shine. This city had a creative soul and we needed to pull the artichoke layers back and showcase it. Did you ever envision 91, 92, those years of survival that where it's come Not, to at this point? No, even the first time we thought we had a shot was in 03, 04. We really put it on paper uh, and we thought it would work, but not at the level that it has worked. 
I mean, it, it's beyond a litmus test. It is beyond a you know study model. It, it is what's happened in Nashville, especially in my industry. It is the model. But collaboration, cooperation, risk, uh, all those things, most people are scared to do. You know, the tables turn, Butch, because I know we've talked before and you've got other cities reaching out to you mm -hmm. and saying, well, what are you doing? What's the secret sauce, Butch? Um, look, really what I was just saying, that most cities have a hard time. The natural strength, cooperation, collaboration, this spirit of community of let's help each other. Not at somebody else's expense, but for the good of the big picture. And cities have a hard time getting there because they're always worried about their own backyard, their own pot of gold. And I'm like, let's, let's let Nashville win, then we can fight over mm -hmm. who benefits the most. And mostly that's worked. It's definitely worked. <laughs> I know everyone else across the country appreciates that when they reach out no. for perspective. And I know you've often said that Nashville is a great event city. And that's been a lot of your focus. And how do you manage that when there's specific events that may target one area, but then to the benefit of the entire city? Uh, well, we would hope that with any event, the city is getting a spotlight shined on it, the general city. Um, then if I use July 4th, uh, it's a free event. So we showcase the brand, we drive visitation, we generate PR, but as important as all of that is, the local community gets a free world-class event. And it comes home to roost every year when I see people come out and see locals come out and come out early and camp out or find their spot. And what hits me is, for a lot of people, it's their summer vacation. And while my job is to fill hotel rooms, simplify it, there's nothing more rewarding than knowing that you maybe have made somebody's year that couldn't afford to do something like July 4th or New Year's Eve. So it's even the NFL draft. It was free. Free world-class event in your back door. So uh, I think that's the greatest value. And then the sales tax generation that helps fund city services that the citizens didn't have to pay for. And all you need to do is look around the skyline. And <laughs> see those cranes. Most of them are hotels. Oh, yeah. It's been unbelievable to see the impact. So speaking of events, and I just want to look at the numbers because arguably the biggest one has been the NFL draft. And to think that 600,000 fans gathered mm -hmm. for three da days, generating over $130 million in direct spending. I mean, did you envision that when you started on this journey? No. So I, in, in fairness to the numbers, mm -hmm. the 600 was the aggregate mm -hmm. over three days. Right. So some of those people were counted multiple times, but average about 200,000 a day. So we publicly said we thought we could do 100,000. We privately, with police and public works and planning, felt like 150 was not unrealistic. So we were prepared to grow to 150. And then we saw the turnout. And if you're in my business, you're pleasantly surprised. Um, NFL could not have been happier. Uh, it was 
the highest rated fan event in the history of the NFL. So they're 100 years old this year. Super Bowls, Pro Bowls, drafts. This event received the highest amount of accolades from the customer, from the fan, of anything they'd done. That means as much as anything that we could compete on that NFL level. I mean, they are the, they're the mothership of big events and professionalism. And there's been so much Butch, written about those numbers and the impact and the number one fan rated, but remember last time you and I were grabbing a burger mm -hmm. and you started telling me a little bit about those stories early on that not that they laughed at you when you asked about doing it, but they almost did laugh at you. Like Nashville, we're pretty entrenched where we're at right now. So, yeah, I actually got the Titans and we went up to New York in May of 2011 and said, you should move the draft. And they laughed. And especially I laughed at the idea, but then the idea was coming from Nashville. Then they shopped it a few times and decided not to move. And then they had a conflict in New York, which probably everybody's blessing. Uh, they had to move, and they said, we're either going to go to Chicago or L.A. And I picked up the phone and said, can we bid? I said, well, we're all going to go to Chicago or L.A. I go, I know. Can we bid? I want to send you a proposal. And in my mind, I just wanted to put Nashville in front of them again. Um, so they finally said, as long as you don't expect a different outcome, I said, your call, use our proposal to, to leverage the other cities. Um, so we did that. Then they opened it up for bids, and we were right at the start of that. We were hoping to get picked before they formalized the process. And if I say formalized in NFL, you could only envision. So that would be the misstep. We did not make that cut. Like Chicago got it without a real bid. And really Philly did. And then it became a pretty onerous, really thick RFP response. So we didn't make the cut, but we did get selected and we did I'm biased. We knocked our socks off. And our own socks, too. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole town's. Whole town socks. Because back to perseverance. So it was 2011 when you made That's the That's where the dream How started. Till 2019. So eight years from first conversation to ringing the final bell. And that's a tribute to you, Butch, and the entire team. Well, the entire team. It's not team. just you that. No, it's not. Well, we're going to say no, and then, okay, not now, maybe later, and then just, not just a month you know, later. Even when we were doing the Pred watch parties in the 2017 Stanley Cup run, I was sending pictures to the NFL. We're practicing. And we were entertaining NASCAR during the draft. And their awards week will be in Nashville, first week of December. Um, and we hoped we were auditioning for FIFA and World Cup. So we're, we don't spend much time resting on our laurels. We're always trying to use one thing to leverage the next opportunity. Well, Butch, we've talked a lot about the NFL draft being kind of that, you know, really that pinnacle moment here, but there had to be other milestones. Were there some big ones from 1991? The few now that you say what? Uh, not as big, but these were ones that. Yeah, so two events that are, are one that's bigger, single day, July 4th. Uh, the city came to us. I want to say it was punishment. <laughs> so we want you to take over July 4th and make it 
good. So that maybe 20, 25,000 people would come downtown and people would stop in the perimeter and watch. It was a 15-minute fireworks show, a cover band, turn on your radio. So last year, 343,000 people in a half-mile radius of the fireworks site. Um, a full day of live music, symphony performing live as the fireworks are hand-fired and choreographed, and CMT televised it. So he took a homespun, small local event, and we sell 23, 25,000 hotel rooms, uh, generate 20 million in visitor spending, give the city a free model showcase event, and we like that we've now entered the conversation of one of the two or three largest fireworks shows in the country. So we don't, don't compare us with Atlanta or New Orleans, you know, who does it, going back to our earlier conversation, when we started it, it was, who does it best? And really, New York, Macy's. So that's the bar, that's what we will chase. A couple years ago, we had the largest fireworks show in the country. Macy's was pretty upset, which is <laughs> more okay. fuel for the fire. Um, we let them have it back last year, but maybe we'll retain that, yeah. It's the, if I get that right, the 75th anniversary at the end of World War II. Yeah. So we're gonna celebrate that appropriately. Yeah, but New Year's Eve is another one. Uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, last year, CNN mm -hmm. and NBC carried it live. Uh, 200,000 people came out in the chill of the night. Uh, it's become a mile event, and literally, so we had hosts in the crowd. There were people from Australia, from London, from North Dakota, and there were people from all over the world here to celebrate New Year's mm -hmm. in Nashville. And in both July 4th and New Year's Eve, the majority are local, Middle Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Which again, I always think if we're gonna do an event, the locals should wanna come. Okay. Now it's not for the faint of heart mm -hmm. or the <laughs> cold natured uh -huh. people. We've um, been down on some of these events, whether it's yeah. the heat in July or the cool uh, one. We've had the hottest and wettest July 4th, mm -hmm. and we've had the coldest New Year's Eve. So you just, you know, it is what it is. And we don't stop and, you know, I won't say we're not cold or hot, but no complaints. Uh, they keep coming back. They keep coming the back. keep building. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, looking out into the future, and in 2011, the future was the NFL draft eight years later, and almost break it up into two years. As you're envisioning for the city, are there things on the short-term horizon? and the long-term horizon that you envision? Uh, Short-term, I mentioned, you know, we had made a point of talking to NASCAR, mm -hmm. and their awards week had been in Vegas for the last 10 years. We have it in Nashville for this year and next year. We hope to make that a long-term. We hope we can convert that into an opportunity for a cup race in this city. And uh, at the same time, uh, we're in the hunt on the short list of U.S. cities to be a host for a World Cup. Mm -hmm. And we think Nashville's ready for that 
as well. And then next February, and I don't know when we're airing this, mm -hmm. but February we kick off the inaugural season for our new MLS team. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a special, a, huge you know, a city of Nashville size to have three mm -hmm. highest level professional sports teams, pretty unusual. So we're proud of that opportunity and all the teams do a great job on game day and fan interaction. It is remarkable to think that we've got professional football, professional hockey, now we have professional soccer and one of my you know, previous guests was Judge Gonzalez. Oh, awesome. Attorney General for Baseball. And baseball, so <laughs> he was making sure that, you know, I'm sure he's love your help and inspiration and how to make uh, that happen as well. We have been meeting with the group trying to lure Major League Baseball here. Uh, they have a great group of people they've assembled. I think my last conversation, the missing piece is the sugar daddy. Who's going to be the majority owner? Because until we have that, you know, it's a little harder to get everybody's attention, but I don't think that'll be exceptionally hard. It's just important. You get one person and that's you need on it. the hook for that big check and that's yeah. important. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the only way they succeed. Mm -hmm. So, which is the you know numbers year after year continue to grow. Do you see any cap or any challenges as these numbers continue to grow? For the um, we certainly have growing pains. Mm -hmm. So our success anticipated. So if it's a little bit of traffic, uh, onslaught of hotels, our uh, 6,000 rooms under construction right now, uh, I think managing that first of all, we've got to get our arms around it because success can be good as long as you, you're in front of it and not chasing it. And right now we're probably beside it. Right. Um, and I think we'll probably overbuild on the hotel side. So then we'll have to catch up with that new hotel supply. I'll bring some rates down, which will make some people happier. But, uh, you know, you don't want to tank in terms of occupancy. Mm -hmm. You want to stay healthy. Right. And uh, but I, I think we'll handle that. I guess related to that with, you know, the hotels and you know, near record occupancy levels as mm -hmm. well, that price has also been climbing up. And, you know, I've heard a little bit of traffic, but I've also had some people say, wow, the price is rivaling New York or Chicago, some big cities. Yeah, we get a lot of grief mm -hmm. from hotel rates as high as New York and say it's a little bit not a fair comparison because mm -hmm. New York has 150,000 rooms and when you take that average that brings them down a little bit if you want to talk Manhattan to Nashville they would be higher um, we have 32,000 rooms compared to 150,000 um, but our rates have been high uh, probably more sticker shock than value shock but shock is shock um, and the new hotel rooms will will bring that price down and so there's probably business we've left on the table that we'll be able to go back and say we didn't mean to price you out of the market and would you think about us again <laughs> that's always the follow-on question I asked Butch as well it is expensive but it's a great experience and are you coming back and the response has been Absolutely, we loved it. You know, I, I've always said, and I probably learned it in this market, price isn't the biggest issue anymore. Value 
is the issue. And Nashville continues to deliver on the value proposition, free live music, 365 days a year. World-class events that are free, that you get to consume them in their entirety. Even CMA Music Fest. It's a paid ticket, but there are eight stages for five days that you can take in for free. And you can pay $10 and go in the convention center and get a whole nother array of entertainment experiences. So value. There are people that come to CMA for five days and don't have a ticket. And they get all they can tolerate. So again, if you give people value, they will pay. And I think that doesn't mean they're stupid. That means they know what they want and they just want to get their money's worth. And that's one thing Nashville's held tight on. We deliver good value. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's shift gears a little bit more to you personally. Oh, let's you, don't do that. <laughs> I'm always interested in this because it's been an incredible 28-year run. And what's your personal plan for the long term and what are you thinking? Um, well, I, with our board and my family, kind of said, we're going to finish this out here. Mm-hmm. I don't have any desire to chase another city or start over. Uh, I'm not bored. And I'm not tired, but I'm still challenged. So as long as I'm still challenged, I can do that. Here, um, that's probably somewhere between three and five years longer that I'll do this. That could change. Somebody else's decision, not mine. Uh, And then I'd like to consult with some cities and help some people figure out how they can do what they do best. I think one of Nashville's strengths is we never tried to copy everything somebody else is doing I'll steal a a line from you Mm -hmm. being authentic is all the difference in the world it is behind natural success and while everybody else is looking to copy what everybody else or what somebody else is doing we're looking to go where nobody else has been even the Music City Center was the next generation of centers nationally It, um, it defied logic. It, people said it wouldn't work, but it is the next generation. So we did it. We didn't want the biggest. We wanted the newest, the most unique, and the next version that people would come copy, and we did that. And New Year's Eve, I always say same thing. New York was the bar, but in New York, New Year's Eve is an event. In Nashville, it's a party. Experience. Yeah, it's a different. You're going to be up close. You get a chance. You're not in a corral. You're not five blocks away. You are in the middle of it. And that's not a knock on them because we stole a lot of ideas from from New York. But we found a way to do it different. And we drop a music note at midnight, but we also raise it at 6 p.m. And we shoot fireworks and we invite families. You know, come out there, kids want to see something unique that can't stay up to midnight. So we try to, you know, mix that up, but always trying to find a way to be authentic. NFL Draft, they had never infused music into the draft like they did here. And that was our chance to put our stamp on it, including a house band. That had never happened. We started with, no disrespect to the hosts on stage, but during commercials, they're just talking and it gets old after three or four hours. 
so let's put music in there and it worked it worked well so try to find those things to be authentically American how's that for a plug memories there I love it Butch because I remember the very first time we met you walked me into the conference room and said Dean let me show you our mission statement what we're all about Mm -hmm. and that one word you highlighted there was that authentic authentic it's been that it's our brand promise you're referring to and we don't do anything that we don't kind of look at it make sure it fits and it's because we didn't have a theme park we didn't have gaming we didn't have a beach we didn't have business travel we didn't have all the things successful destinations have we didn't have a big convention center Um, so we had to own something and Owning authentically American, besides you, we borrowed it from you. Uh-huh. Give you credit. <laughs> uh, it's been the key to the success. Because as you've looked to say, okay, who's the best? You haven't mm-hmm. said, okay, we want to be just like them. You say, how can we be the best, but do it in our own unique yeah. Nashville way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to have a bit of a model or a goal, uh-huh. you know, to chase. But if you're just going to copy somebody, what's the fun or sport in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want them going. I wish we'd have thought of that. Right. Uh, but I always would tell you, I, you learn from everybody. If you're not learning, then I, or if I'm not learning, I should speed up that retirement conversation. I know you'd mentioned before the consulting, but another idea that I was intrigued about, you'd mentioned that you may even be considering a book. Are you still? Con- I am still considering it. I, you know, sometimes it scares me. Uh, there's the hidden stories, the untold trials and tribulations of surviving that point in time when, you know, today I'm I'm being facetious. Today I'm a lot smarter than I was five years ago, just by perception. You know, I have to remind people I'm the same dumbass that I was ten years ago when everybody thought I was crazy. So I didn't get smarter overnight. I'm too old to learn that much more. but you just you just work at it and uh, stay true to your convictions mm-hmm. and it's you know take some some risks we're very intentional about what we do and we are anything but risk averse we will jump in with both feet like I mentioned a record store in Manhattan well I knew it was a crazy enough idea that I couldn't even tell my board we just went and did it and then told them uh, huge risk but how do we promote the brand how do we stand out from the crowd how do we you know just reinforce this thing vinyl records it's a great way to do it and it it's working for us so, so with that book in mind Butch, I'm sorry I, did I change that subject <laughs> Well, I'm interested in one of the potential chapters because, you know, the NFL draft, we mm-hmm. talked about all the way back in 2011, mm-hmm. an eight-year journey, and then you kept plodding away and plugging, and the team mm-hmm. was there, and then a tremendous success. But tell me one of those chapters that would talk about the challenges behind the scenes that most people probably don't know about. Um, well, the one that's a little public would be the cherry trees that I had to <laughs> manage. Uh, so that we'll get a chapter. So that would have its own, and as much as anything, you know, I'm not sure we would do anything different in hindsight. We went through all the proper approvals, communication, but it caught people by surprise. Somehow they weren't paying attention. 
So we acknowledged we were wrong. We didn't cut any trees down. We transplanted some and we donated 210. But we owned the mistake. And if I took a lesson away, it was as quick as we could. We stood up. We, we, you know, we didn't try to make an excuse, but we said, look, this wasn't some surreptitious, you know, double secret probation, espionage laden effort to take Nashville's trees. It was just going through the process. Well, the process needed some help. So we owned it, we apologized, and we made the changes on the spot. And I know there's some people still shooting at me and still mad, but I don't know what else you can do. When you see something, it could have been handled better? Yeah. Did we take responsibility? Yeah. Did we make changes? Yes. And it, Nashville won, which is how it should have been. So that would probably get its own chapter. Uh, there would be a chapter where maybe, maybe a former mayor told some of my board members it was time for me to go. Uh, fortunately for me, the board said, mm, we don't Next think step. so. Uh, and New Year's Eve would get its own chapter. First year, the stage we put up would be an embarrassment by any standards. And I was like 15,000 people came out and it was okay. But it belonged in, I'll pick on Baton Rouge, right. not Nashville. Not so you learn a lot, but you know, listening to critics is kiss of death. Critics said New Year's won't work in Nashville. Critics said the Titans won't work. Critics said the convention center will be a boondoggle and a burden on the citizens of Nashville. Critics said the Walk of Fame, what a bad idea. LA has 2,000 stars. Nashville's gonna have six, the first ceremony. So. If you let that get in your head, it can destroy you. Instead, I, I kind of feed off of it, use it as motivation, and all of those things are doing really well right now. I'm noticing a theme that will be prevalent in that book. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Butch, one other question as we wrap up that I'd like mm -hmm. to ask all of our guests, and you talked about the brand promise, which ties to our brand, so authentically American. And I always like to ask our guests, what does it mean to you to be authentically American? Whew, what a great question. Um, the freedom to create, the freedom to take chances with the opportunity to succeed. I think that's what America offers, and I think that's what being authentic really gives you in terms of if you want to do it different, it's the right place to do it. You don't have to follow the downtrodden path. You can create your own path. And I love that you've branded your company that way. Yeah, we've taken inspiration from you and what the NCVC is doing because we are doing it quite differently you know, with having a Made in USA being the it. primary tagline and everything we're doing, no exceptions, mm -hmm. is here creating jobs. And our staff merchandise commercial comes from Authentically American. So we try to yeah. we try to live the brand. Well, Butch, I always like to give gifts, and I notice I need to get you another gift because your socks, not that they're bad, but they're relatively plain. 
And I know, you know you've seen the tape I, version. Yeah, I love those. But we've got a black and gray version, so I don't have one today, but I will bring one by. But I have something new that I want to showcase you because I always say I can't hang out with you too much because when we go eat, you grab this big burger and somehow you still stay with me in Maine. But, but what we have is, you know, you've seen our T-shirts and I know everyone yeah. them, but this is our new sweat-activated technology, our new sweat ink. So if you hold this, Butch, I thought this would be appropriate, you being a great American. So this is a freedom design. I love it. And think of this, though, before you exercise. So this is sweat-activated printing, so you can see before you're going to work out, and then here's what happens after. We'll cheat. But you can see the stars and stripes. Oh, uh, You know, I've heard your spot on mm -hmm. 102. Yes. And I heard them talk about that but I didn't quite understand it I love it my guess is you didn't and there is also a version since we taught hockey and the predators you go to the pred store mm -hmm. there's a let's go preds that appears so awesome. we're starting to make more exposure and more wins for us as a brand so well if you need approach. in access to the Titans let me know well that is something we need to talk about because Tighten up would be like Tighten up would be awesome. Yeah. I can help you there. Well, Butch, it was an honor. Thank you very much. My it's honor. An honor. Thank to you. Call you a friend. Oh, absolutely. It's mutual. You've been listening to the Authentically American podcast. You can follow Authentically American on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and find all our episodes at authenticallyamerican.us forward slash podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.